time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning. Let's start with... Always great to be here in the plush Mike Smith studio in the bottom of the BC legislature. If only the listeners could see the picture of <laughs> where this, we're sitting this, right now. Is this real plywood here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Rub it in, rub it in. All right. Uh, let's start with Pierre Polyev getting a big endorsement here mm-hmm. for the Conservative Party leadership. Former Prime Minister Stephen Harper coming out for Polyev here. Here's what Stephen Harper had to say. We'll get your thoughts. Pierre Polyev was a strong minister in my government. In the past several years, he's been our party's most vocal and effective critic of the Trudeau Liberals. He's been talking about the issues, especially the economic issues, that matter. Slow growth, debt, inflation, lack of job and housing opportunities, and the need to fix the institutions that are failing Canadian families. That's how we win the next federal election. And in my opinion, Pierre has made by far the strongest case that he is the person to do that. Okay, is that, uh, Paul Ev must love that. Does that put him over the top, you think? Well, I don't know, he may have already been over the top, probably. Yeah. I mean, every every uh, pundit out there seems to suggesting this is basically, he's got this locked up. Although Jean Charest still putting in, I think, a pretty good fight. Again, a reminder, this is elected on the point system. Yeah. So uh, Ontario and Quebec by far have them. So every riding has 100 points. Yeah. So in um, in terms of which ride, which uh, province is the most, Ontario and Quebec are going to dominate the voting. And with Amanda from the Legislative Dining Room just delivered our, our toast here in peanut butter. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, you know, Poliv is very strong in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, B.C., but that's not where the points are. Sheree has focused his entire campaign on Ontario and Quebec. Nevertheless, this is a pretty big pickup for Poliv in terms of an endorsement. Strange timing, though. I mean, the dog days of summer. It doesn't yeah. get a lot of attention. A lot of people aren't paying attention to politics. They're out uh, doing other stuff. But nevertheless... That's a big catch for Poliev. Yeah, I think that's a real big boost for him. Let's take a look at some of the polling numbers that have come out, right? Especially these well, the ones Angus comparing. Reed, yeah, on the ahead. same day of Harper's endorsement, Angus Reid released a poll, which is very interesting. shows that with uh, checking people's uh, voting intentions with either Sheree as leader or Poliev as leader. Right. There's good news for the Conservatives. It doesn't matter which one's uh, in the lead. Nationally, they have a significant lead, about six-point lead over the Liberals. So but, they're ahead of the Liberals with either guy as leader. Yeah, Is that right? But okay. then when you drill down, exactly, 34%, yeah. uh, although the Liberals pull much higher uh, than under uh, Poliev than they do with Sheree, because Sheree mm. actually attracts the soft Liberal voter. So there's a more substantive lead for the Conservatives with Sheree, over the Liberals with Sheree as leader. And then when you drill down further, Angus Reid found that in Ontario and Quebec, uh, Sheree leads the Liberals, but Poliev trails the Liberals significantly in both Ontario and Quebec, and that's where the right, most of the writings are. So, sort of a double-edged poll for a double-edged day for Poliev, probably the worst poll he's seen yet. Nevertheless, that's a pretty pretty big endorsement from I'll... someone who's very very influential within the Conservative Party. Okay, here's an interesting point, and we sort of heard Stephen Harper touch on this in the endorsement we just played, where he talked about how. Poliev has done a good job talking about things like inflation and job creation. You know, you didn't hear him say anything there about Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Or, vac- or vaccine mandates. You know, some of the stuff that Poliev has taken a, a bit more. Well, uh, I noticed his, his last interview, you, your last interview with him, he sort of started to shy away from those topics that he relished be- on the beginning, like, like Bitcoin, like well, firing me- the Bank of Canada governor, supporting the trucker convoy. The public doesn't support those positions. Well, let me play a little bit of that because last time Poliev was on here a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about some of these issues around, around Bitcoin and that kind of thing and 
And he talked about it. He's willing to engage on that. But he also wanted to say, look, this is what I really want to talk about. It's the economy. Have a listen here to what he had to say. My focus instead is on fighting for the buying power of people's paychecks. You know, inflation is now at a four-decade high. Single moms can't afford food for their kids. 35-year-olds are stuck living in parents' basements because of house prices. And it costs uh, two to two dollars and fifty cents a liter to gas up your vehicle across Canada. Our our working class is under attack by the inflation that federal government has caused. See, these are the talking points I think that he needs to emphasize, and potentially where Trudeau's vulnerable, and and he potentially wins an election. Well, I think if Poliev wins the leadership, he's going to be talking about these issues. He's not going to be talking about Bitcoin or the trucker convoy or or firing the Bank of Canada governor. That's not what's going to get him uh, to, to the Prime Minister's office. He has to right. talk about economic issues. The affordability issue is the red-hot issue out there. It dwarfs everything else. And Trudeau will be talking about that too. But this poll also shows, uh, it's interesting, again, on the glass half full of point of view for the Conservatives, 55% of those in this poll want a change in government. Mm-hmm. Trudeau's approval rating is going down. So I think the Liberals are vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, but uh, things change in a campaign. Things change if, if there's a change in leadership. But another interesting thing that you noted in that poll, though, is that Charest seems to be polling ahead of Polyev in Ontario and Quebec. Mm-hmm. Is that not where power is won in this exactly. country? You, you have to win in these provinces. You have to win there, particularly yeah. southern Ontario, uh, Metro Toronto. Right. So could some conservative members start thinking strategically here and saying, wait a second, maybe Charest is the guy who has a better chance to be. And that's what Charest hoping for, is yeah. that he's not he's ignoring Alberta and Saskatchewan. That's not where the points are in terms of ridings. You know, uh, Ontario has, uh, has 121 ridings. Quebec has, what's Quebec got, 78 or something? Yeah. Uh, Alberta's got 34 Right, uh, fourteen in Saskatchewan. There's just not enough points there to to elect a leader. So Poliev needs uh, to win the ridings in Ontario and Quebec. And right now we have no indication whether that's going to happen or not. Okay, it'll all be decided. In it's September. also a preferential ballot. So right. second choices, third choices come into play. Hard to see Poliev being anyone's second choice. He's very much right. a polarizing figure. Okay, the vote is in September for the new conservative mm-hmm. leader. Let's talk, speaking of conservative leaders, let's go across the pond to the mm-hmm. United Kingdom. Boris yes. Johnson is stepping down. So the leadership contest now is between Rishi Sunak, the former councillor, uh, chancellor, chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK, and his opponent is Liz Truss, who is a former parliamentary secretary for foreign affairs mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom. Uh, they had a pretty... Pretty fiery debate uh, yesterday. Let's have a listen. The Rishi Sunak versus Liz Truss. One of them is going to be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Have a listen to this. You promised almost £40 billion of unfunded tax cuts. £40 billion more borrowing. That is the the country's credit card. It's our children and grandchildren. Everyone here is kids. We're going to have to pick up the tab for that. Rishi, that is not true. Countries like the US, Canada and Japan all have higher levels of debt than the UK. Hard-working taxpayers who do the right thing have seen their taxes rise. Okay, as Liz Truss, so she's promising big tax cuts, she's, and it was interesting to hear him she's challenging coming from, her. She's coming from the right with, with the promise of huge tax uh, cuts. She's been compared to sort of Reaganomics. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fascinating choice there. I mean, the, the Conservative Party of Canada has gone through what we went through, uh, Harper, Andrew Scheer, Aaron O'Toole, and Pierre Poliev, uh, or or Jean Charest, and these guys, it's taken, I mean, the Conservatives have been fighting a leadership battle, it seems, forever. In England, 
or UK, you've got these guys literally doing this in a matter of weeks, yeah. you know, yeah. and whittling down an 11, 11-person 11 field down to two. two. Right. Um, and you're right. One of these two is going to be the next prime minister of the UK. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one we continue to follow. Let me ask you about one of another one of our favorite topics here, and that's the PNE. We love the yes. PNE, and we love talking about, you know, your memories of the Midway when you worked down at the PNE all Ten years, years. Ten right. summers, teenager. Puzzle, yeah. great, great news in my inbox today. What do I find? A news release from the yes. PNE saying the wooden roller coaster is back. All right. All right. It, it's going to open again after a year-long um, retrofit and, and repair. Yeah. Uh, it's an iconic uh, uh, jewel in the Vancouver landscape, so it's opening again. That's great news. I, again, as I've pointed out on this show many times, I think I hold the record for most rides on that thing. Yeah, how many times do you figure you've ridden the, with the wooden roller coaster? Well, you do the math. I did 10 summers uh, working on the Midway, 10 consecutive years as a teenager and young person, 17-day um, fair. Yeah. I literally rode it two or three times every single morning to wake up. And the ride guys always let me ride for free. You go on for free every yeah, morning. Every okay. morning when I was a kid. I give them some prizes from my game. I ran games at the, at the PE for years. So I'd give them, you know, a teddy bear they could give to their girlfriend or something. That's probably worth about what? 50 well, cents? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You always pay, you, you play for two bucks to win a 25 cent uh, prize. Uh, yeah. So they gave me free rides. I mean, you see, you do the math. So that's 170 or, um, you know, 50 or 50 rides of uh, a fare at least times 10. That's 500 rides. I would say even yeah. more than that. And I worked Playland too as about when I was 16, 17 years old. And a great other thing, my, my nephew Taylor ironically became the foreman of the wooden roller coaster wow. for a number of years as a young man. So it sort of runs in the Baldry blood. All right. It's Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here. James and White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call, guys. I am an Albertan, and I work in British Columbia because of the way the economy is right now. And I just want to say that it's really disheartening for me to listen to Keith say that John Charest doesn't care about the West. Like he doesn't give two iotas about it. I, never, I, never, I never, never said that ever. I've never said that. What are you talking about? I'm no, just you, saying you that... Just, you just, you just said that John Charest doesn't care about the Western vote no, because I didn't. he's got Quebec and Ontario. No, 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 he's no, 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 you're totally wrong. Sorry, you, mis you misheard me. I never said he didn't care about the West. I'm just stating that the poll, this poll and other polls show, he is stronger in Quebec and Ontario than Pierre Poliev was the general public. That's all I'm saying. Did you want to make another point, James? Or? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Well, I, I, I do, I do. With, with Danielle Smith very possibly becoming the leader of the UPC, and with her wanting to firewall the province and the popularity of, of the People's Party coming back, I think I think that all the politicians should be really careful about the way that they treat the West. And they should be careful about the way that they treat the West because we've had enough. We've had enough with Trudeau shutting down everything, taxing everything to death, and making it impossible for her to make a living. And I'm the standing point. When I have to leave my own province to get work, I'm the standing point of what's happening okay. in Alberta. With well, the Alberta, thanks for the call. Alberta and the Liberals... <laughs> Just not on the same planet, and it haven't been for for decades. So that's nothing new. Um, no, no conservative leader ever, is ever going to ignore the West no, because it's a no, it's no, a no, bedrock. No. You know, it's a power base for the look. Party. I mean, no, every party's been struggling to form a majority. I mean, it's yeah. one thing to form. Liberals have the most uh, the most seat, or be able to form government. They have the most seats because they're strongest in Quebec and Ontario. But if you take away the Liberals and uh, seats in BC, it becomes much more problematic for them. So the Liberals are, are as are the Conservatives and New Democrats view British Columbia, for example, as a as a battleground because they sure. need those ridings as well. Yeah. But Alberta less so because it's a, it's almost a foregone conclusion how yeah. that province votes. Sure.
It's always going to vote conservative. Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Good morning, guys. I just want to talk about Pierre Polyev. Uh, if he does become the leader, I and I said to you guys, I, I won't vote NDP, which I won't, but I will not vote conservative if Polyev is the leader. He is too polarizing. He's, let's remember, this guy was Stephen Harper's attack dog for years, and I guarantee you the liberals are digging up stuff on him left, right, and center. You, Polyev is the type you can look and say, hey, Pierre, it's a beautiful blue sky day. He'll say, Rob, it's orange. Can't You know what I mean? He's so polarizing. He's so opposite well, of what... Okay, he's been, he's, been, he's been polarizing as an attack dog. I don't know. Maybe he moderates his message and tries to move to the middle in a, in a general election campaign. Well, you know, it's interesting. Aaron O'Toole tried to do that, yeah. and it failed miserably. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's an interesting quandary for the conservatives. It's one thing to play to the right-wing base of the party, which seems to be the majority of the membership in an election campaign. Different story when you get into a general election, though. Um, he needs to talk about the economy. He needs to talk about inflation, housing, yep. jobs. This is these are the talking points he needs to yep. emphasize, and he's, you can hear him trying to do. And that. And I think he will be. I don't think yeah. you're going to hear him talking about firing the bank, no. Canada governor, embracing Bitcoin. No, I mean that, once that the stuff. Begins. I think that stuff, like the Bitcoin stuff, uh, you know, vaccine mandates. Well, I mean, it, it's trying to appeal to the base, uh, a certain a segment of the base of the Conservative mm-hmm. Party to win the leadership. Yeah, not the general electorate. General electorate. Right. But we'll see just how far. I don't. I can't believe him actually moving that much to the middle. But I can yeah. see him shedding some of these weird positions. Sure. Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug. Go ahead. Mike and Keith, I think uh, I wondered when Harper would emerge from the shadows in the back room. He's been altogether too silent. But uh, Polyev needs to remember what at Harper's attitude was towards Mulroney endorsing him. He thought he was the kiss of death. And uh, with Harper uh, coming out and endorsing him, they're both snake oil salesmen. They'll say they'll say anything to get themselves elected to the. You don't top think top. you don't you don't think Stephen Harper is popular in the Conservative Party with conservative oh, members? Yeah, he's a big wheel in there in that party. But yeah. outside, I think there's a lot of people around who got a long memory about what he did to us for nine and a half years and the mess he got us into. Thanks well, for the call. 30 seconds. Harper was a polarizing figure. There's no question. He was fairly right-wing. Um, but he was prime minister for a number of years. So he does bring something to the table here. And again, this, as we've noted before, this is a fight about winning the conservative party right, right, right now. And that's what Harper's endorsement's all about, not necessarily winning a general election. We'll see how that falls out in the coming months and years.